illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how in the heck are you doing? Dude, I'm I'm recovered from uh, the, uh, what was that? It was about an 11-hour tailgater? It was a damn long one. Probably about 13 hours if you actually count our uh, time setting up. Yeah. And yeah. then a game, and then going home, and then unloading, and then driving back to my house. Exactly. Yeah. It was a long one. Yeah. I don't think people really appreciate what we do. No, you know, yeah, it's, I, yeah, you know, it's 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 like it magically appears, it magically disappears. Just sees it, there's, just just understands. A, yeah, there's a lot of work there. Yeah, just. I mean, I don't even do near as much as you do. I mean, um, just so, sees it. Just, she also understands your schedule and what you do. <laughs> it was funny. So, mom and dad stopped by the other day on Friday when I was finally was it Friday? I think it was Friday when I was finally mm-hmm. getting stuff ready to go. And I'm putting stuff in the trailer and stuff. And dad goes, well, do you got propane? And I was like, oh, we have like three tanks, dad. Yes, dad. <laughs> I took four tanks on Monday and got them all filled to the top. The same time I got the same time I got the fuel filled up for the generator. He goes, oh, OK. I'm like, been doing this for a few years, dad. I, I kind of got a system. I know what I'm doing. Mom was just kind of laughing at him. I'm just like, the guy has no no idea how it really works. Not at all. Not at all. But he, but he tried. He, he's probably the worst. He's the one that thinks I think it because, you know, he, he never he's never been there when we set up and he's never been there when we tear down. No. Yeah. So I don't think he really realizes what goes on. Yeah. 
but he is the patriarch, so and he's he's seventy three today. Yes, he is seventy three. So, so happy birthday to Dad. Yes, yes, yes. The patriarch of the Heiner Tailgater. Well, every week on illegal participation, we just like to talk beaver sports, tailgating, anything else we find interesting, and just have some fun. Remember, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers you have. Get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Beads, ready to talk some beaver sports news. Well, actually, I think we need to give people an update on our... Uh, That's right, on, on your situation. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the so... corollary to the <laughs> to what was going on two weeks ago with yeah. the Panera and Taco Bell situation. So I, I should have given this update last week, but we, we omitted it, so we'll, we'll put it in here. So two episodes ago, I was telling you about how... Uh, we had a little, I had a little issue at Panera and I had kind of a bigger issue at Taco Bell over the nacho fry box. So I work out, uh, in a town called sublimity and right next door to sublimity, there's state there's like, you know, three restaurants and a subway out in, uh, in state. And there's nothing in sublimity. Cause subway, so we, subway isn't a restaurant. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> So there goes that sponsorship deal I was setting up. (laughs) So anyway, so we, we, there's a McDonald's, but they finally put in a Taco Bell, like the Taco Bell literally opened like probably about four weeks ago. And so I go into Taco Bell. And this is after, this is after we'd had our discussion about the Taco Bell in Woodburn that you tried to order the nacho fry box. They said they no, were at no, a nacho it a, it fries. A, no, it was, a, it was a Taco Bell in South Salem on Lancaster. Okay, but don't use that one. Guy's an asshole. Yeah, and they said they had they, they had the nacho fry box but, ad up but, there on the drive-through thing. You ordered it. They said they were at a nacho fries, and you said, mm-hmm. "Can you just put in some chips instead? It should be cheaper. Everything will be good." And he said, "No substitutions." <laughs> but they didn't have the fries. They didn't so, have the fries. So go into this brand new taco drive drive through little drive through which is incredibly long line. New Taco Bell, Staten, get up to the thing. I look at the electronic reader board, shows the nacho fry box, right? I'm like, comes in, what can I get for you, sir? I said, uh, do you still have the nacho fries? Can I get the nacho fry box? He says, yes, sir, uh, except we are all out of nacho fries right now, so we're substituting taco chips for that. Is that okay? You know, I, and I don't know how to share my emotions with this guy, right? Because he doesn't know the pain that I was in. You don't know if you want to cry, if you want to laugh. No, I'm just like, you know, I mean, these guys are brand new trained. I don't know if they if they get a better history class on Taco Bell and how to treat a customer and the fact that nothing happens until something gets sold. Um, I don't know. But I wanted to give him a hug, but, you know, COVID and all. But uh, anyway, he made my day. After he, I, he, I ordered my little my little nacho fry box without the nacho fries, I immediately called you, and I said, Billy. Yeah, I know. And I crap. hear you talking about it, and I'm going, going, crap, what's going on now? And then you start laughing about it. I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, golly. So, yeah. And then, then just the other day, I go through McDonald's in Hillsboro on First Street. Okay, so people don't mean – I go through – 
like a lot of fast food restaurants. It's how I live because, you know, not cooking at all. And so the other, I, I go through, it's like three days ago. I go through, I was over in Hillsboro. I go through the, the McDonald's on First Street and I order a sausage McMuffin with the, what did I say? Sausage McMuffin with a folded egg, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I always say the same thing. A sausage McMuffin, no egg, or a sausage McMuffin with a folded egg, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you don't call it a sausage egg McMuffin. That's not the name of the product. It Correct. is a sausage McMuffin with egg, right? Mm-hmm. And so I order it. It's right on the screen. I go through the drive-thru. I get freaking just like Joe Pesci. I get fricked in the drive-thru, right? And so I open it up before I take the corner onto, onto uh, First Street, and it's a freaking um, egg McMuffin. I didn't want an egg McMuffin where it was with a folded egg, but I don't really care. I didn't order an egg McMuffin. So anyway, I pull over, I walk into that store and I stand there at the front and there's a gal assembling burgers, you know, because they don't actually make them fresh for you. They just put everything in warmers and then they just assemble back there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing, there's nobody at the front counter and I'm standing there and I look at her and she looks right at me and she's like, like one moment, you know, I'm like, okay. And then she continues to assemble things, right? So literally I'm standing there for like another five minutes and, and she doesn't look at me at all. She doesn't get anybody. And so then finally, finally like a, a manager, and I know this gal because I've been going through this McDonald's for like, what, 20 years? And I swear this gal's been there for 20 years, okay? Uh, she used to work in the drive-thru back in the day. Anyway, she kind of walks up. And I mean, I'm just pissed at this point, right? Because she made no effort to get anybody to help me at the counter. You know, I already went through the freaking drive-thru, which you screwed me on. And so I walk up and I'm like, um, the thing is opened up. And I'm like, this is not this, right? Because the receipt's right there. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And and like, you know, it, it has nothing to do with the fact you screwed up. It has the fact that you freaking made me wait here for five freaking minutes and nobody seemed to give a damn. And um, then anyway, she like, well, we'll get it right away. So she puts one together for me and brings it up and she offers me a free pie. Now, this is like freaking eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know. I'm like, I don't want a freaking pie. I just want my food. So anyway, I was a little rude. She still threw a free pie in there, so I guess you, that helps. You were rude. A little rude. A little rude. Mm, yeah. Imagine that. But 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 again, you know, how hard I. This gal was assembling the the, the burgers. There's one gal at the freaking window, and then I see three people BSing with each other in the very very back of the of the of the kitchen. Yeah. And and nobody's helping me. You know, and I understand you probably don't get much walkthrough business during this, you know, with the, the current problems going on. But it doesn't change the fact that is it that hard to communicate? Could the gal not have said, hey, there's a dude up here? I mean, you know, because I, I would have been fine except the five minutes, you know, if you, you want to go get bulletproof service at a fast food joint, you either go to In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and. I would say most Burgervilles, not all, but most. Yeah, my problem with Burgerville, is, well, two problems with Burgerville. The drive-throughs are incredibly slow. Yes. And yeah, compared to like, I mean, In and Out, you could say, well, In and Out slow, but In and Out or Chick Fil A are slow, but they're really not slow. They're just full. Yeah. Right. They're processing people through fast, but they're just full. Burgerville really has a a really full drive-through. They're just slower in heck making your food. But they're also making your food for you. I was going to say there's there's a positive that the food is more fresh, but uh, 
then you're like, yeah, I'd like a burger and a fry and a, and a milkshake, please. And, or no, I'd like a burger and an onion, five onion rings for like $8 yeah. and, uh, and a milkshake, please. Okay. That'll be thirty two ninety five. Please pull forward. <laughs> I know. I agree. I agree. Did you massage the cow? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, did you hand pick the lettuce? I, I just don't know how you guys. Yeah. It used to never be that bad. No, but they, they've gotten relatively expensive. Yeah. Well, you know, they unionized. Yep. And, you know what my my uh, my old boss used to tell me? Any company that has a union deserves it. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Beach, are you ready to talk about some Beaver Sports news? Yeah, let's do this. All right, Beach, first up, some women's volleyball. Ooh, I, you know, if, if any of the women's – well, no, I'm, I'm probably more of a women's – well, now I'm probably more of a women's soccer fan. I was going to say, you know, I'm, I'm single, you know, any of those ladies, like, listen to us. But, all right, moving on. All right, Beach. The Oregon State Volleyball <laughs> dropped two tightly contested matches on the first day of the Colorado State Tournament in Fort Collins, Colorado. The Beavers battled Alabama-Birmingham in the morning to kick off the weekend action before facing host Colorado State on Friday evening. Then on Saturday morning, Oregon State swept Southern Illinois-Edwardsville uh, in the same tournament. They are now 2-6 and six on the season after defeating the Cougars. They'll be back in action September 16th and 17th at the Boise State Classic for the final preseason tournament before beginning Pac-12 play. Does any of these games uh, they, factor into their their potential for uh, after season play? Yes, because these are they, they. I don't like where they say preseason. It shouldn't be non-conference. Yeah, yeah. So it's still yeah. You need to win most of your non-conference games and then go about 500 in the Pac-12 to get to. The tournament. The tournament. Okay, so we're not looking too good at this point. Not unless they get really good in Pac-12 play, and that's hard to do in the Pac-12. They got a lot of a lot of good volleyball teams. Yes. Hmm. All right, Beach. Next up is women's soccer. <sighs> My anyway. Okay, I'm just gonna have. Give me a moment. Okay, I'm good. <clears throat> Go the Oregon State women's soccer team defeated UC Irvine 2-1 to on Thursday afternoon in Irvine, California. It's the first Beaver victory over the Anteaters since 1994. The Beavers are now 7-0 on the season, and they will return to Lorenz Field to host North Dakota at 6 p.m. on the 17th. All right. Yeah, you got to like that. Yeah. And on the same turn, men's soccer... The Oregon State men's soccer team defeated Seattle University 2-1 in Seattle on Friday. The Beavs improved to 4-1 on the season and 2-0 on the road. They'll be back in action on September 21st as they host UC Santa Barbara at Lorenz Field in Corvallis. You said, do they draw much? Uh, do this team draw much? Uh, what? Do they draw much? I said you seem impressed. Are you there? They, I'm here. Oh, I, I was just wondering, do they, do they bring many uh, fans into that state? A little bit. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they have a pretty good little contingent because, um, you know, we'll see them over there playing when we're uh, setting up the tailgater sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, the night before. But I, I don't I don't know what they're trying right now. Yeah. You know, I always, uh, I, you know, you see these people go out to the Timbers games in Portland and stuff, you know, if they don't get killed going there. And uh I was all, I, I don't know. I've just, I played soccer as a little kid, thought mm-hmm. soccer was fun to play. Always thought it was boring as hell to watch. 
I mean, when you got cute girls running around, then that's just like bonus. But, but as far as like, it, it just, it just seems like there's a lot of ball movement and not a lot of scoring. It's kind of like the life of Brian right there. A lot of ball movement, not a lot of scoring. Pretty much. And who really wants to see that? Right. Yeah. All right, Breach, next up is cross country. Okay. Uh, Richard sophomore Lexi Hayes and Richard freshman Isabella Ayala represented the Oregon State University women's cross country team at the Ash Creek Invite hosted by Western Oregon in Monmouth on Friday. Now competing for the Beavs, Hayes topped the clock at 14.42.9 for a 4K personal best, placing ninth overall, while Ayala clocked a 4K personal best of 15.19.8 to finish 21st. The Bees will be back in action on September 23rd at the Dellinger Invite hosted by Oregon in Springfield, Oregon, as well as on September 24th at the Mike Johnson Classic hosted again by Western Oregon in Monmouth. Huh. Yeah. So so Oregon actually runs out in Springfield. Well, that well, yeah, cuz it's cross country, so I I think they have to set up their courses certain ways. Mm-hmm. So it might just be easier for them to set the course up out there. And gotcha. you got to remember, like, Springfield isn't that far from U of O. No, no. I mean, isn't it? I've always thought it was kind of just across the freeway. Just across that? the freeway, basically, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Bees, that's all I have for uh, Beaver Sports News for the week. Okay. Hey, Billy, do you hear that? Oh, my God, I do. You know, it's amazing this happens every week. Hold on. Always at the same time. Billy. Yes, Peach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the fact I don't have an itinerary doesn't help. Okay, this just in. Nike reported today that they will be redesigning helmets for the Duck football team this week. In a recent press release, Nike publicly announced after that after having a helmet design that has been used for the last eight seasons, they will be redesigning a new, more comfortable helmet for this Saturday's Duck game. The reason for the sudden redesign is a series of complaints from the Duck players after the game against the Ohio State University. Nearly all players complaining that the helmet was too tight and was no longer fitting correctly. Nike said they will do some redesign to the helmet's interior padding to increase the room and comfort for the Duck players' ever-expanding heads. <laughs> And this has been your update from Eugene. Well, there you go. So you say the Ducks are getting big heads, huh? I, I Apparently Nike's saying that. I didn't say that. All right. So. Well, I think that'll lead us right into under further review for week number two in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. But what, what, uh, how, you know, I only watched one game this weekend, Billy. Yes. Well, no, I watched two. I watched two. Yeah. yeah. I watched two, kind of. Yeah. One in person. In between. In between. Uh, yeah, in between batches of deep frying. Yeah. So, um, going into this week, you, me, and Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, we were all tied at 8 of 11 after the first week. Mm-hmm. So, Beach, the first game up is that game you were talking about, Oregon at Ohio State. Who'd you take? That was a dang. That was a dang early game. Mm-hmm. Um, we all took. We we all sucked, and we all took Ohio State. You know, we we asked. We 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 prayed. We asked God for one thing. One thing. Well, two things. 
We got one of them, but he always seems to screw us on the other. Yeah. That's what we call a perfect weekend when that happens. I know what you're referring to. Uh-huh. Exactly. All right, Beach. So we uh, had a perfect week. What? Who'd, who'd, who'd once you take? Once in the last year. Yeah, who'd you take in that game? We all took We all took the Ohio State University. That is correct. Well, Beach, Oregon running back C.J. Verdell, who has struggled with injuries the past two seasons, made it happen. He ran for 161 yards and scored three touchdowns as the shorthanded number 12 Oregon Ducks stunned number three Ohio State 35-28 to on Saturday. Verdell and quarterback Anthony Brown exploited holes in Ohio State's defense and handed the Buckeyes their first regular season loss in nearly three years and the first of third-year coach Ryan Day's tenure. Ohio State never led in the game. It was favored to win by 14.5 points, despite gaudy numbers from freshman quarterback C.J. Stroud. Ohio State's front seven struggled to contain Verdell and control the edge and get after Brown in front. And I, I thought uh, that could be said for Ohio State's um, offensive line, too. I thought uh, Oregon did a good job of getting to, to uh, Ohio State's quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I was just disappointed with the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oregon, thought, Oregon looked I pretty. For once. For once. They, they look good. They look poised. So, but I'm, I'm, yeah. They, they, they always seem, and I, I, they always seem very well conditioned and, I, Oregon is always well prepared, and they're always in the game. They always get a grasp of what's going on as the play breaks down. You mm-hmm. know, um, Oregon State under the Riley, I never thought we had that kind of. I think we do, or we're getting better. But under Riley, I felt we never had really. Um, like the guys knew all the all the ins and outs of the game. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Time management, uh, basic you know, certain rules of the game as far as it goes. And when you're in, when you're out of the game, you know, it, it always seems like we were, we were confused. Ducks never seem confused on the, on the, uh, on the field. Mm-hmm. Anyway, is what it is. Bastards. Okay. All right. Up, on. Next all right. One. Beach next up, Texas A&M at Colorado. Texas A&M. You know what? It looks like you, me and Kyle all took uh, Texas A&M. That is correct. Well, Beach, backup Texas A&M quarterback Zach Calzada came up clutch in the end, throwing an 18-yard touchdown pass to running back Isaiah Spiller with 241 remaining to help fifth-ranked Texas A&M edge Colorado 10-7 on Saturday. Colorado's hopes for an upset over the 17-point favorite Aggies ended when Brendan Lewis's pass to Dimitri Stanley on 4th and 13 from his 22 covered just 12 yards before he was smothered by a bevy of defenders. So pretty low scoring yep. game, Beach, ten to seven. Mm-hmm. And they actually held the lead until two forty one remaining. Wow. Yeah. But you and I and Kyle all got the win there. Up next, mm-hmm. Cal at TCU. Ooh. Well, we all despise Cal this year, so we all took uh the Texas Christians. Quentin Johnson caught two of Max Duggan's three TD passes with the go-ahead score coming a nifty catch and run as TCU beat Cal 34-32 on Saturday to remain undefeated against Pac-12 teams under coach Gary Peterson. Chase Garbers threw for 309 yards and two touchdowns for Cal. 
He had 235 yards passing the first half, with 199 of that coming on only four plays of 49, 54, 28, and 68 yards. Wow. And I believe Cal went for two late in the game but got stopped. Mm. Sort of the goal line. So, Beach, after starting 0-3 in their pandemic-shortened uh, season last year, the Bears have started 0-2 in consecutive seasons for the first time since 1994 and 1995. What is it all coaching? Uh, to a certain extent, part of it's players, right? Are do they are they just don't they just don't have the talent right now? I don't think so. I, I question their offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we all got the win there. Next up, Portland State at Washington State. This one, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, you, uh, I took Washington State. Correct. I, I don't even know the outcome of this one. I'm assuming Washington State pulled it out because I would think I would have heard more news that Portland State was triumphant. Well, I took Washington State. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. He took Portland State. Seven days after scoring just 23 points and a loss to Utah State, Wazoo matched that total midway through the second quarter against the Big Sky Vikings, taking a three-touchdown lead into the halftime break before winning 44-24. to It was the first time the non-conference opponents had played since 2015 when Portland State left Pullman with a 24-17 upset win over Mike Leach and the Cougs. Now, the Cougs thumped the Vikings behind a dominant rushing attack that was led by running backs Dion McIntosh and Max Borgie, who combined for 123 of Wazoo's 162 total rushing yards. How did Wazoo look in this game? They looked okay. I don't think Portland State's that good. And, okay. and, and the, the, the parts I've seen, they looked okay. But they didn't look. Okay. I don't think anyone in the Pac-12 has looked unbeatable right now. No, I, I would agree. I thought we were uh, I thought we were looking better, but from what it sounds like of our non-conference games, the Pac-12 is a weak conference this year. It does not look good. All right, Beach, so you and I won that one. Kyle did not. Up next, Washington at Michigan. Ooh, well, the Huskies uh, can't seem to hit the broadside of a barn, so uh, we took Michigan. All three of us did. Blake Corum sprinted for a 67-yard TD to give Michigan a double-digit lead in the second quarter. One play after Jim Arbaugh called for a fake punt, and the Wolverines pulled away to beat Washington 31-10 on Saturday night. Now, Washington was scoreless until Peyton Henry made a 28-yard field goal with 5.54 left in the third quarter. By the time Dylan Morris threw a 22-yard touchdown pass to Terrell Bynum early in the fourth, the Huskies were down by two touchdowns. Again, parts a game I've only seen parts of, but I thought Washington looked kind of slow. I'm just shocked that both Washington teams are just struggling. Yeah. You know, I, I just especially the Huskies. You know, they've always been even on weaker seasons, they still they still do well. And it just doesn't sound like they're going to do well at all. Anyway, okay. Yep. I guess so what's to next? me, what I've seen, they just look slow. Next up, Beach, San Diego State at Arizona State. 
Well, I took San Diego State. Or excuse me, one. at Arizona. San Diego State yeah. at Arizona. I, I took I took San Diego State on that one. You did, Beach. And uh, Arizona was thirty out. Arizona was thoroughly outclassed in its home opener, falling to San Diego State thirty-eight to fourteen. The defeat extended the Wildcats' losing streak to 14 games, the longest active streak in the nation in FBS. The first half was a compilation of breakdowns, miscues, and ineffectiveness not seen since, well, the last time Arizona played a home game. Nothing could match that nightmare that was last year's 2020 Territorial Cup, a 70-7 debacle against Arizona State that captain owned five season and got Kevin Sumlin fired. But the first 30 minutes this week, Beach against SDSU were a decent approximation. The Aztecs grabbed a 21 to zero lead less than eight minutes into the game. At that point, wow. Arizona had been outscored 115 to seven at home since holding a 13 to nothing advantage over Colorado in the second to last game of last season. Wow. So Arizona just looks terrible. So I'll have to get I'll have to get my buddy John Grief. He's a he's a wildcat. So yep. Or maybe some sympathy. Maybe not grief, but sympathy. <laughs> so wow, that's sad. Yep, not good. Not okay. good. Next. So you got the win there, Kyle, and I didn't. That, so I'm in the lead at this point. Uh. Yeah. Uh, next up, each Stanford. Billy, 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 Billy. Just, just to clarify, who's in the lead? Two weeks. I'm sorry, into... I, I, we, we must have a bad connection. Who, who is in the lead? Well, but and uh, and can yeah, yeah. You're an ass. Okay, moving on. Next up, each Stanford at USC. Ooh, I know the outcome of this game, but unfortunately, I picked USC. All three of us did. Stanford running back Nathaniel Pete broke a tackle and turned the corner. The Coliseum collectively gasped as the speedy Stanford tailback sprinted all the way down his sideline on his way to an 87-yard TD and an early lead over the Trojans that ended in a 42-28 upset win Saturday night. Now, Tanner McKee... Passed for two touchdowns and rushed for another score in his first collegiate start at Stanford as, he, as Stanford rebounded from a rough 24-7 loss to Kansas State last week in which the Cardinal didn't even score until the final pin minutes. Now, Pete racked up a career-high 115 yards and Caillou Blue Kelly returned an interception 31 yards for a TD in um, Coach Shaw's 63rd conference victory at Stanford moving him past Pete Carroll for ninth most impact 12 history. Wow. Yeah. So Stanford turned around, looked pretty damn good. Yeah. And USC as per normal looked like crap. Yeah. You know, and, and again, maybe this is a start of Stanford. Maybe they just needed a, a, a first game to, to get the bugs out into gel. Could be, but I, I think David Shaw is one of the best coaches in the PAC 12 and Stanford is full of a bunch of smart guys. Mm-hmm. Great athletes and smart guys are hard to stop. Yeah. So, and USC, you got a lot of talent, but I think you got a crappy coaching staff. I, I quite frankly, I'm surprised Helton didn't get fired today, the head coach of USC. Yeah, yeah. You you kept saying on uh, during the game when when that update 
came across. You kept saying, I don't think he's going to be coached after the end of uh, this I, weekend. I could see it, but nope, they didn't get rid of him. And and if they did, they would have made that announcement yesterday, would they not have? Or this morning. Okay. But nothing yet. Okay. They usually do it on a Sunday, though. They wouldn't wait till Monday, would they? Yeah. Probably not. But, I mean, anything's okay. possible. Who knows? Yeah. But, but there's always another week. And just a little cut in for an update here. It is Monday evening. I am getting this podcast ready to go. And obviously, if you listen to the news today, Clay Helton at USC was fired. So I was right. Clay Helton wouldn't survive that. I was saying during the game on Saturday, as we saw the scores coming in from the USC Stanford game, that Clay Helton was going to get fired Sunday. Clay Helton was going to get fired Sunday. And you heard Beach bring it up that he hadn't been fired yet. But we recorded Sunday night. And obviously, Monday afternoon, I got a text from Beach saying, you're right, he was fired. So took a day longer than I thought it would, but obviously he was fired. So now back to the show. So, Yep. All right, Beach and the old. Okay, so after that, we have any more games to talk about? Yes, we did. As, as Arizona State. Oh, yep. UNLV at Arizona State. Um, uh, took the Sun Devils. All three of us did. Quarterback Jaden Daniels ran for a career-high 122 yards, and Rachad White had two rushing touchdowns in the Sun Devils' 37-10 win over the UNLV Rebels Saturday night. Arizona State's defense held UNLV to just 19 total yards in the second half, and the Sun Devils were dominant with a 23-0 advantage scoring after the halftime break. Now, White had 90 yards on the ground and scored a crucial 9-yard touchdown late in the third quarter to give Arizona State a 21-10 lead. He added a 1-yard TD run early in the fourth quarter. So it was close at half, but then Arizona State just shut UNLV down in the second. Mm-hmm. All right, so we all got the win there. Mm-hmm. So adding things okay. up, adding things up, after week two, with many more weeks to go, mm-hmm. Kyle is at 12 out of 19. I am at 13 out of 19, and you are at 14 out of 19. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm in the lead, right, Bill? Um, you are. You, you currently have more wins than anybody else. Yes. Yeah by one or two, but so are you atop the leaderboard at this point? Yeah, I am, but we're not even like a third of the way through the season yet. That's okay. I got to take it where I can get it. We're not even a quarter of the way to through the season. Got to take it where I can get it. Is that where the donkeys are nervous? (laughs) (laughs) Is that why your donkeys are always nervous when they see you? Uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you brought it up, not me. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Moving on. All right. Last game of the week, Beach, Hawaii at Oregon State. Of course, we don't pick that one because we always take Oregon State. Yep. The the, the Beavs versus the Bows. Yep. Oregon State scored on its first four possessions, willing to a 45-27 to win over Hawaii in the Beavers' home opener Saturday night. OSU avoided an 0-2 start for a third consecutive season, carved up Hawaii's defense behind the sharp play of fourth-year quarterback Chance Nolan. Now making his first start this season, Nolan completed 21 of 29 passes for 302 yards and two touchdowns. 
Running back B.J. Baylor ran for 171 yards and three TDs. Now, Oregon State had 558 offensive yards, including 330 during the first half. Now, the Beavers scored the touchdowns on their first three possessions to take a 21-0 first quarter lead. Jack Coletto started the score by helicoptering his way into the end zone from two yards out. Now, Baylor made it 14-0 with a 66-yard romp up the left side for a touchdown. And then Zariah Beeson caught OSU's first touchdown pass of the season, a six-yarder to make it 21-0. The Beavs led 24-7 at halftime. Now, the Beavs needed only 14 seconds to score their first TD of the second half. Outside linebacker Riley Sharp intercepted a pass on the first play of the third quarter, which set up a 30-yard touchdown run by B.J. Baylor in a 31-7 lead on the very next play. And, Beach, I thought the Bees played a pretty damn good game. No, we looked good, and uh, uh, Nolan looked good, too. Are, are we going to keep him as a starter? I'm sure he'll be the starter for the time being, yeah. Okay. I mean, he he, he was 21-29, 302 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty solid stat line. B.J. Mm-hmm. Baylor had 18 carries for 171 yards, three touchdowns. You know, the Bees the had 256 yards rushing, 302 yards passing. That's pretty we look, damn. We looked good. Pretty damn consistent, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice to go in. Uh, nice to 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 get a win early on. I agree. Some confidence. I agree. So hopefully this will continue. Yep. Now that was their first uh, home opener win over an FBS school since 2012. That's fucking sad. Yeah. That that year Nine was years. that year was uh, Wisconsin. Nine years. Yep. So it's a home opening win to get over an FBS team. So they've beaten like Portland State to start the season, or um, I think they beat Cal Poly a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Are we are we up to our musical interlude, Billy? No, not yet. Um, just wanted to talk okay. about the uh, the uh, tailgater. I thought it was a great tailgater. Ooh, it was a great tailgater. I'm I'm free, tired as hell. I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to get down to your place. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it but, was uh, uh, a lot of good food and a lot of people turned up, and it was just a good time. Yeah, I I was thinking we had at least seventy five people there, if not a hundred. Yeah, I'm not, not I'm not sure, think? but it, a lot of people come in and show up, get some food. It was good times. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, the food held out, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, this next and, week will and, be a lot and, shorter tailgater. Yeah, not a, and, and I was going to say, and, and everybody was pretty loose and casual and had a, they, I think everybody had fun. Yeah, it's definitely not as many people in the parking lot and definitely not as many tailgaters going on. No, and definitely not as many people in the game. Yeah. I mean, what was, the, what did you say about maybe a third, if that? Mm-hmm. Quarter? full in the in the stadium but uh uh they it seemed to they seem to get people through relatively quickly with all the new protocols yeah yeah i thought that went pretty well i was better than i thought it would be yeah that new uh the the scanny thing rather than them having the machine you know to just scan your ticket mm-hmm. um ki- kind of weird i can't tell if it scans the because for me i showed the qr code and it does it, both. And it it'll it'll scan the QR code or it will tap to enter. Send a signal. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. 
Yeah, because I saw you tap, and I'm like, I didn't think it tapped. Yeah, or you can scan. Okay, yeah. Yep. So, kind of felt like I was going to the airport. A little bit. You know, where you check in before you get on the plane. Yeah. All right, Beach. Hold it down on this flat screen here, sir. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Pating. Okay, cool. All right, Beach, uh, let's what? talk about the Pac-12 in the polls that came out on Sunday. In the AP poll, Oregon moved up eight spots to number four with that win. Okay. UCLA moved up two spots to number thirteen without even playing. I was gonna say we didn't we didn't see UCLA. No. Arizona State so. moved up four spots to nineteenth. And USC, Stanford, and Utah are all in the others receiving votes category. Is Arizona State that good? Did we talk about Utah? I don't think we talked no, about No, we didn't talk about I think we skipped that game. No. We skipped that game completely. We totally did. Yeah, we totally we you. didn't we didn't even pick it. You dumb how how you know you got one job, Billy. Yeah. Well, BYU beat Utah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed that game last week. Well, what's funny is Kyle must have missed it too. Yeah, because when he sent you because you don't send him a list, he just sent you, you know the what? list. And I you? well, no, he sent me the email. I might have gone off his list of who he picked. So. Freaking Kyle. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, BYU beat Utah. I, I think because of that, you and I deserve an extra point, and Kyle loses one. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Because I would have picked the winning team. I would have picked BYU, honestly. Yep, yep sure. Yeah. All right, Beach. Mainly because I went to the – when I was in San Jose a few weeks, weekends ago, I went up to the Mormon Temple and was quite impressed with the views. Oh, there you go. So nice. that's why I would – yeah. It was pretty up there. Yeah. Oh, my God. You'd, ne- you'd never guess – like I said, it was just stunning views overlooking like the Bay Bridge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever get a chance in the San Jose or in the, in the Bay Area, uh, go up to the, uh, the the Mormon Temple in San Jose. Oh. Uh, anybody can go up there and it's got breathtaking views. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, well, Beach, in the uh, USA Today coaches poll, Oregon moved up seven spots, number four. USA again moved up three spots, number 13, without playing. Arizona mm-hmm. State moved up four spots, number 21. And USC, Utah, and Stanford are all in the others receiving votes category. So Utah's still in there, even though they got they got their butt handed to them by BYU. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. And so, and and, the, and when we don't question the integrity of these polls. Oh, I totally do, especially the coaches' poll. Because oh. yeah, the coaches like... rarely are the ones that make the votes. It's usually an assistant coach. And mm-hmm. I always question it when they vote for stuff that happens late night because I doubt they stay up late to watch the end of West Coast games. So they're they're just they're just pre-guessing who's going to win those games. I kind of figure so. Also, too, yeah. I think uh, their votes tend to be prejudiced depending on what could help them later in the season. Uh, for like their conference. Yeah, or just their spot. So, so, so you they know, might push. So might, they might, might push one of their conference teams up higher. Or push an out, another team lower, mm-hmm. depending on what behooves them. So, anyways. All right, Beach. We, we all work in our own self-interest. Pretty much. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What do you think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan and beach i had a hard time finding anything this week yeah i didn't i didn't hear of any drama going there on. there wasn't the, anything uh, really stupid that happened 
Okay. And like we we could have made fun of the drum major for Ohio State who ate crap on TV as he was running out. He ate crap? Yeah, he fell. Just oh, ate oh, crap okay. face first. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to make fun no, of him. No, that's me. Yeah. No, that's mean. Yeah, exactly. He's in the band. I mean, that's it's bad enough you're in the band. Yeah. You don't need to add insult to injury. That's exactly. Just... And then the loss to Oregon. So I, I didn't want to do that. So we're actually going to give one this week, Beach, to the first non-human winner of the Jackass of the Week Award. Hmm. And I sent you a video. Mm-hmm. And you can watch that right now. And I'll just tell okay. you, Beach, as you're watching it, I'll just read this. I just okay. I actually hold it for just a second. Just wait a second. The most notable catch Saturday during the game between number 22 Miami and Appalachian State didn't even happen on the field. And what was caught beach wasn't even a football. It was a what cat. They, they caught a cat. So somehow there a cat in the stadium. Somehow a cat got into Hard Rock Stadium, then got caught by one of its paws off the facade of the upper deck. It eventually fell to the lower level of the stadium where fans using an American flag as a makeshift net were able to safely catch it before it was carried off to safety. <laughs> now, okay, can, can now, I play this now? Hold on. Now, Craig Cromer, a facilities manager at the University of Miami and season ticket holder who, with his wife Kimberly, brings their flag to each home football game, said, quote, they were trying to grab it from above and they couldn't reach it, but they were scaring it downward. It hung there for a little while with its front two paws, then one paw. Then it was like, oh, my goodness, it's coming down. And that's when the Cromers Beach unhooked the flag from the ties they used to keep it on the railing and hoped for the best. The petrified cat fell, bounced off the flag, and eventually was secured in the nearby student section before being brought away by stadium security workers. So go ahead and watch the film. This reminds me of the possum episode. Of a little bit like the possum, right? Yeah. Now go ahead and watch this. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, there's the cat. Okay. Yeah, it's oh, hanging there. Oh. Can the people even see it? They yeah, can barely yeah, see yeah. it from the yeah. If you listen to the thing, you hear him going, oh. Yeah, they're playing. Oh. Like, there's a cat. There's a cat. Yeah. Cat's holding for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can reach the cat. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, it's trying. Oh. And then you see it. <laughs> catch it. And then everybody down below goes, yeah. <laughs> they're all cheering. Right? You see them all cheer? And there's a couple yeah, different angles. Awesome. There's a couple different angles yeah. of that, of them, of them watching the damn cat. And then everyone going, yeah! Kind of like, like the possum game when he scored and everybody laughed. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Beach, Miami coach Manny Diaz said he learned of the cat incident post-game. Right? He said, uh-huh. I don't know anything about that or what was going on. But I'll tell you, if the cat will help us in our red zone offense... I'll, I'm going to see if we can give it a scholarship. <laughs> right? uh, so they might have they might have an official cat uh, mascot. Well, and just so you know, the cat was not showing any signs of injury. Now, you might ask, Beach, why are we giving the cat the Jackass of the Week award? Yes, why? I mean, I, I because the whole moment's kind of a positive thing. Yeah, because cat got saved. Poor cat. Yeah. Didn't want to fall. Fell down there. Well, uh-huh. Beach. The cat didn't show any signs of energy. And the Cromer said, other than a spilled beverage and getting sprayed by the dangling cat, they were otherwise fine. 
The cat pissed on him? The cat pissed on him. Oh, my God. Who'd want the beverage anyway? Exactly. Cool. So they saved the damn cats. Well, they saved at least eight of his lives. And, and the damn and the- cat peed on him. <laughs> so dangling cat, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. Uh, well, like in, in defense, I'd probably piss myself too. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you wouldn't try to piss on anybody else. No, no, no. That's just rude. Yeah, it's just rude. Exactly. Anyways, so there you go. Little levity. Hope you like that one. Ah, uh, well, it's the makeup. Hey, isn't Tommy Tupperville a senator now? Isn't he? Uh, is he? He was elected senator, but it was only a a little bit of a term. But he could still be a jackass. Okay. No, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that he's a oh, senator now. So he is still a senator, senator, yeah. Yeah, he's probably even a bigger jackass now. But <laughs> I just didn't know if we should this is true. call him. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't know if we should call it, like, uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville. I don't jackass know when his uh, Tuberville and elected to the U.S. Senate 2020 current term. Yep. So he's now when, even a royal when he, jackass. When, when, when does he get re- when does he have for real six, six years. Oh, so he got it wasn't a fill in term. It was I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We up to this week's song now. All right, Beach. It is time for this week's musical interlude. This year's topic for our songs we pick every week are songs. It kind of this is our 30th anniversary of having season tickets going to Beaver Games, so we're taking songs that were charting in 1991. We should. Um, we should. Um, Write these down so we have a list at the end of the year, Billy. So add this one to our – so we can keep track. Okay, so what was week one? I can't remember week one. You could be one. mine. Yes. And then week two, what did you do? What did I pick? I can't remember. Week three, I picked um, Outshine by Soundgarden. Yes. What did you pick? This week? No, last week. No, you picked last week. I'm this two week. weeks ago. I can't remember. How am I supposed to remember? I don't listen to you. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get it. We'll get it. And we'll update it later. All right. So, Beach, okay. what is your pick this week? Well, this song was inspired by a true story. The song takes its main inspiration from a newspaper article about a 15-year-old boy named Jeremy Wade Dell. That's he was from sad. Richardson. He is from Richardson, Texas, who shot himself in front of his teacher and his second period English class of 30 students on the morning of January 8th, 1991. In a 2009 interview, Eddie Vedder said that he felt the need to take that small article and make something of it to give that action, to give it reaction, to give it more importance. Dell was described by schoolmates as a real quiet and as real quiet and known for acting sad. After coming into class late that morning, Dell was told to get an admittance slip from the school office. He left the classroom and returned with a 357 Magnum revolver. Dell walked to the front of the classroom, announced, "Miss, I got what you really I got what I really went for." Put the barrel of the firearm in his mouth and pulled the trigger before his teacher or classmates could react. Lisa Moore, a schoolmate, knew Jeremy from the in-school suspension program. He and I would pass notes back and forth, and he would talk about life and stuff, she said. He signed all of his notes right back. 
But on, the mon on that Monday, he wrote, later days. I didn't know what to make of it, but I never thought this would happen. When asked about the song, Vetter explained, it came from a small paragraph in a paper, which means you kill yourself and make a big old sacrifice and try to get your revenge, that all you're going to end up with is a paragraph in a newspaper. Uh, 64 degrees and cloudy in a suburban neighborhood. That's the beginning of the video, and that's the same thing in the end. It does nothing. Changes, uh, nothing changes. The world goes on, and you're gone. The best revenge is to live on and prove yourself. Be stronger than those people, and then you can come back. Jeremy was released on the album 10 on August 27, 1991. Um, that was the album release date, not the song release date, but I felt the song was a good 1991 representation. Uh, this was Pearl Jam's first studio album. The official music video was directed by Mark Pellington and was not released until August 1st, 1992. In Pellington's video, Jeremy is played by Trevor Wilson. He actually drowned uh, in 2016. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Uh, he is shown being alienated and taunted by classmates at school, running shirtless through a forest and screaming at his parents at a dinner table. Only Jeremy is shown moving in the videos. All of the other characters depicted in the video are almost always frozen in a series of stationary uh, tableaus. Shots of words depicting uh, others' presumed descriptions of Jeremy, such as problem, peer, harmless, and bored, frequently appear on screen. Uh, included are three biblical allusions. Uh, the serpent was subtle, uh, from Genesis 3.1. The unclean spirit entered, from Mark 5.13. And Genesis 3.6, referencing the concept of original sin. As the song uh, becomes more dense and, and frenetic, Jeremy's behavior becomes increasingly agitated. Strobe light adds to the anxious atmosphere. Jeremy is shown standing arms raised in a V as described in the lyrics at the beginning of the song in front of the wall, uh, billowing flames. Jeremy is later shown staring at the camera while wrapping in an, uh, wrapping, uh, in an American flag surrounded by fire. Then there's a brief scene, and this one always freaked me out. There's a brief scene showing the classroom, pledging allegiance, and then switching to a Nazi salute with Jeremy shirtless uh, following suit in the background. Jeremy then stands shirtless in an artificial forest surrounded by various drawings, becoming aggravated, breaking off a branch, and swinging it at various trees in anger, all while the lights flashed around Jeremy's body. The final scene of the video shows Jeremy striding into class shirtless, tossing an apple to the teacher, and standing before his classmates. He reaches down and draws back his arm as he takes a gun out of his pocket. The gun only appears on screen in the unedited version of the video. Uh, on the MTV edited version, they took the gun out. Oh. Um, yeah, after uh, uh, the uh, the edited version cuts to an extreme close-up of Jeremy's face as he puts the barrel of the gun in his mouth, closes his eyes, and pulls the trigger. After a flash of light, the screen turns black. The next shot is a pan across the classroom showing Jeremy's blood-splattered classmates, all completely still, recoiling in horror. The video ends on a shot of a dangling blackboard on which all the harsh terms and phrases seen earlier had been scrawled. Uh, anyway, I, I, so, uh, their album 10 was quite possibly Pearl Jam's best album, uh, with songs like even flow and alive. But I think Jeremy is probably the most remembered from, from that year, uh, due to its descriptive and uncomfortable lyrics and the shocking music video. Uh, so here in its entirety and uncensored is Pearl Jam's Jeremy.
Yeah, Beach, I, that, that's a great song. I, I do like that song, even though it's pretty heavy. Um, it's interesting. One, I don't think Jeremy's parents actually like that song. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought it kind of disrespected their son somehow. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they really liked it. And I don't think D- Eddie Vedder ever spoke to the parents before no, he wrote I th- it. I think- he read the article and used it as an inspiration for a song which has some really heavy yeah. meaning. And I think the parents nowadays, he might've talked to the parents before he did it, but back in mm-hmm. 1991, well, yeah, no. Well, I was going to say, because there's so much way for people to get there with the internet to get their, their message across if they are unhappy and, and mm-hmm. especially at somebody famous, you know, but, but this isn't the first time that a song like that's been done. Um, I was watching a documentary here. Um, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, the Boom Town Rats. Oh yeah, so that song you're I, talking. Tell me I, why I don't I like don't, Mondays. I don't like Mondays. Yep. So, so this gal, this documentary I watched. Um, I think she's still in prison. Yeah. She was like 15, 16, or seventeen. I think something like that. Yeah. Uh, she lived across the street from a, from her school. Yeah. And she didn't go to school that day. And she sat in her house with a rifle and shot at and killed several of her other students. Yeah. And I think a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they finally, they, they didn't even know where the gun was. The shots were coming from at first. They finally figured it out. I think they got her to finally give herself up. Yeah. And when they asked her why she did it, she said, eh, I, I don't like Mondays. Yeah. She was, she was crazy. She had mental problems. Yeah. Well, interesting thing too about Jeremy Beach. So you said the unedited version. So yes, that was the unedited version. But the funny thing is, so there's a line in that song where they say, uh, clearly I remember picking on the boy seemed a harmless little F word. Yep. That played on the radio and MTV for months before they realized that it was the F word. And they blurb mm-hmm. it out, so now it kind of sounds like cuff. They kind of reverse it, so yeah. it sounds like cuff. Yeah. But I remember hearing that for months going like, did he just say the F word? And they uh-huh. played it for months yeah. like that before they realized, oh, wait a minute, there's a bad word in here. Uh, I, I like um, uh, Steven Tyler does that in one of his songs. Like, uh, Ben, uh, seems like I've been hit by, a, hit by a fuck, I think is what he yeah. says yeah, yeah. in one of his songs. Yeah, same kind of thing. You're like, what? What was that? Yeah. Hit by a what? Yeah. Truck. What was that? I don't get it. All right, Beach. So I will keep an, a, a, a list from now on. All right, Beach. It is now okay. time for our week three preview of the Pac-12. I keep looking to see if Kyle has sent me an email, but he has not. So I will add Kyle's picks after all of this. But you and I will get ours in. All right. Okay. So I'll get the piece of paper here. Notebook. But how are we gonna get how are we gonna get Kyle's lovely little artistic well, responses? Kyle, we won't get Kyle's uh, prose in this one. All right, we'll have to add him in after the fact uh, when we recap next week. Exactly. We'll have to see. And Kyle picked this person because you know blah 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 blah. blah uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was an alien and two dogs and a and a chimpanzee went into a bar. Yeah. So yeah, the bartender looked at him and said, "You guys get the hell out of here right now." All right. Uh, so all the games. I was wondering, you know, speaking of that, I've always wanted to know what the joke was when uh, in Breakfast Club, 
and I and I heard there's no end to the joke, but the one that uh, Judd um, Nelson starts telling. Yeah, when he's crawling through the through the rafters, uh, through the ventilation system, and, and he's like, you know, lady lady walks in with a with a pig under one arm and something underneath the other, and I don't know. But I guess there's no joke to the no no punchline to it. All right, Beach. Uh, all the games are on Saturday, September 18th. First up, we have Minnesota at Colorado. Minnesota at Colorado. Ooh, the screaming Eagles. That's Minnesota hmm. State. These are the Golden Gophers. Oh, wow! I'm still, I'm yeah. Well, I'm still gonna I'm gonna call them the screaming Eagles, and I think the screaming Eagles are gonna win. Okay, I'm actually going to take Colorado. Okay. Next up, USC at Washington State. USC at Washington State. Goal. It's like picking between two turds. Which one is the dry turd and which one is the wet turd? Because you don't want the wet turd. That one's always a pain in the butt to scoop up with a shovel. Then it leaves shit on the shovel. And then you got to get the hose and you got to hose off the shovel. Yep. I think USC's the wet turd. Let's go with Washington State. I'm actually going to take USC. Okay. I just think USC has too many athletes. Next up, Beach, Sacramento State at Cal. Just down the freeway. Oh, again. Choices of turds. Um, you know what? Uh, what do they say? Even the sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while. I'm going to go with Cal because it's a cow. All right, two, I'm taking Cal. Next up, Arkansas State at Washington. I didn't even know Arkansas had upper education. Well, it's questionable. I just thought, I just thought, I just thought they raised chickens and did a lot of inbreeding. Um. Let's uh, let's go with let's go with uh, the dogs. Hey, two. I'm taking the puppies. Think they'll finally get a win this year. Mm-hmm. Next up, Utah at San Diego State. Ooh, San, San Diego State. San Diego. They'd be on fire. Um, hell, they might be the next Pac-12 team. We don't know. Um. <laughs> Let's, I'm going to take San Diego State. I'm going to take Utah. Okay. Okay, we got a lot of games this week because everyone's still playing out of conference. Next up, okay. Stony Brook at Oregon. Where in the hell is Stony Brook? I knew you were going to ask me that. I believe it's in well, New York because should... I know the Beavs have played them in baseball before. Stony Jeez. Brook. I pick Oregon out of out of the fact that they're going to win, not the fact that I support them in any way. So Stony Brook is in New York, but that is one. This is one game I'm happy to lose my pick. Like if Stony Brook was to win, I would laugh it would my... be like the, it would be like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's not just a hyperbole; that's truthful right there. That would quite possibly be the greatest thing ever. So Stony Brook University used to be named State University College on Long Island. Hmm. Are they still on Long Island? 
Yeah. So it is actually located in Stony Brook, New York on Long Island. Hmm. Let's see. It looks like it was founded in... Okay, here we go. It was founded in... Opened on September 16th, 1957 in Oyster Bay as the State University College on Long Island and moved to Stony Brook in 1962. Hmm. So there you go. What are, what's the mascot? Uh, the Sea Wolves. They wear red and black. Hmm. I don't know what a Sea Wolf is, but it sounds pretty intimidating. Their mascot is Wolfie the Sea Wolf. Probably eats ducks. I don't know. Hmm. It's a shark. Division one said to be a mythical creature from the Tinglet tribe, which brought good luck to those able to see it. Hmm. He appears at school events and makes other appearances at events across Long Island. There you go. So apparently a lot of people, apparently a lot of people get good luck because a lot of people see him. Probably. All right. All right. Okay. You, who are you going to pick? I'm taking Oregon. Next up, Stanford okay. at Vanderbilt. How is Vanderbilt? Well, they're usually one of the weakest SEC teams, at least in but, in, in football. If it was baseball, that's a but, different story. But they're an SEC team, so that, that still says they should be fairly good. You know what? Let's go with Stanford. I too. I'm taking Stanford. Next up, Northern Arizona at Arizona. Mm. So the Lumberjacks so can the, versus so can the community. Yeah. So, so can the community college, uh, non-sanctioned uh, intramural squad beat Arizona? That's what we're asking ourselves here. Pretty right? much. Pretty much. Yeah, bunch of high school wannabes that are like, well, I can't play Division One, but I'm still, I still want to throw the ball around for a couple more years. They're totally going to kick Arizona's ass. We're going to go with them. You're taking Arizona. I hate Northern Arizona. Northern, you're taking Northern Arizona. I'm taking Northern Arizona. Okay, I gotta look this up here. <laughs> I, I find this a little bit cheating because I'm calling these out and you're doing research while we talk. No, I'm not. I'm just looking at I'm who they. I'm just. Call, I'm looking at who they've played this year. Well, and I didn't. I'm calling shenanigans right now. I'm taking Arizona. Cheater. You can do whatever the hell you want. I'm not looking up what I'm the just, score is because I don't know how what the game's going to end up being. Just, I'm just calling you out. You're just am a cheater. I, am I, think I a Kyle, cheater or are you just stupid? I think Kyle would agree with me. Dummy. Kyle, is he a cheater? Yes, he's a cheater. Yep, Kyle agrees. <laughs> Why does Kyle sound like it's a villain from Harry Potter or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beach. Next up, Fresno State at UCLA. Oh, God, I want to see Fresno State beat them so bad. I just I just don't think Fresno State's going to be the team to beat them. I'm, I'm going to have to go with UCLA again. I hope Chip Kelly loses, 
And if both Oregon and UCLA lose next week, it'll it'll be a wonderful day. I might I might might cry. I will cry. I'm gonna I'm gonna take UCLA, hoping they get their asses kicked. But I'm gonna take UCLA. But I'm still gonna hope they get their asses kicked. All right, I too am taking UCLA. And the last game beads, which we will not be picking, Idaho at Oregon State. Idaho, Udaho. Obviously, we're taking the Beavs. So, Beach kickoff this week is at 1230. It's an early game, Billy. We will be out there earlier than we were last week. We will be ready to go by 7. Hopefully, food ready to go by about 830. What are we serving? Um, This week, because of Idaho, we are doing an Idaho nacho bar. So, we're going to have... Uh, like some kind of JoJo typish potatoes. We'll also have some tater tots and just some regular fries, and then we'll be topping them, kind of like nachos or poutine, however you want to think of it. Um, I was gonna go out and get some kedobo, kedobo, kedoba queso. <laughs> I was gonna get some nacho Q-do- cheese. How about, how about Qdoba? Yeah, that's what I meant. Qdoba. Yeah. Qdoba queso, Q- nacho uh-huh. cheese. I was gonna get some nacho cheese and also just some shredded cheese. I figured. Okay. Um, I might just make up a big thing, a, a batch of taco meat. Okay. Maybe some pulled pork. Okay. And some pulled chicken. Okay. And maybe some bacon. Because I think those can't are, go wrong with bacon. I think those are all good things on um, on fries. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was also going to get some black beans, maybe some sour cream, some salsa, jalapenos, ranch, okay. maybe some barbecue sauce. Okay. Anything else you can think of? No, that sounds really freaking good. Oh, we, we talked briefly because it was early morning. Did you want to look at maybe doing some eggs or no eggs? I thought about it, but I just think it's too much. Okay. All right. I just think it's too much. I think this will be pretty good. Okay. Does that sound good? And what you yeah. can you can do some more. You'll be cooking up fries, but you can also do some more deep fried stuff. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Yeah. Those uh, the pot stickers we got were pretty good this week. Those those work pretty good. Yeah, I th- I liked them. I thought they turned out really good. Only thing I wish we would have had is uh, the I think we needed more of a um, a liquidy sauce. The 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 uh, sauces that you got were um, a, you know you need more of a pot sticker sauce, which again you have to use that. Uh, what what was uh, Lily talking about? Oh, uh, the black vinegar. Black, the black vinegar. Yeah, I've got some in my my fridge because she got me some. Okay. But uh, yeah, she she has a she she makes uh, yeah yeah she knows how to make that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then maybe put it in like a little soy sauce bottle. That's what we need a soy sauce bottle. You with me? Are you there, Billy? I'm not buying a soy sauce bottle, Beach. Ooh, I might have one. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll put that on you. I'll put that on you. Anything okay, else? Anything else you want to do for this week? Um. I don't think so. All right. I mean, I was. Do we need a? Are we gonna? We could make. I mean, nothing else really works with that. That I could think of, you know, as far as the 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 meal goes, you know, as far mm-hmm. as stretching the theme. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's pretty good. Like I said, it's gonna be short, so I say we just get out there and get into it. Maybe bring a box of donuts. 
You know, there's a donut place in... Uh, Nacho Alton. fries and donuts. Well, just for breakfast for us. Yeah. I like a good donut. There's a, uh, supposed to be a donut place in Albany that's really good. Corks? I think that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah, the boys love that place. Yeah, they got some unique ones. It's it's like uh, unique stuff, but not crappy like uh, voodoo. And cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, so. All right, well, yeah. that sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. All right, well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 162 of Illegal Participation. Remember, if you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. Also, if you can, leave a rating and review. Beach! Yeah. It's always good to have a podcast after a beaver win. Let's hope we can have a lot of those this year. I would love to see it. Okay. Until... Well. Well, until next week, here's a great big Go Beavs! Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. Freaking solar flares. I know. Next up, Washington at Michigan. And the Coliseum collectively gasp as the Speedy Speedy Tanford. I like beer.